It's another episode of the Dave Stockbridge's Real Estate Experience Podcast. Well, this is Tony Shine and Birds are singing. I'm Dave Stockbridge from Real, and thanks so much for joining me again on the Dave Stockbridge's Real Estate Experience Podcast. Every week, I aim to bring you more relevant information about what's going on in your marketplace and community. Uh, this week, my big topic of discussion is what will happen when the next GFC hits. And I know it doesn't feel like 10 years ago, but it is now 10 years since the global financial crisis. Uh, this was a recession that, was, that crippled Western economies all the way around the world and saw the largest contraction in the global economy since the Great Depression. It was actually dubbed the Great Recession. Uh, and essentially, uh, the last few weeks have kind of started to reveal that uh, maybe finally after 10 years, uh, the North American economy, the US economy in particular, is starting to uh, dig itself out of this deep, deep recession. But maybe, just maybe, that's a false hope. Um, over recent weeks, we've seen increasingly uh, people like Peter Schiff emerge and tell the truth about what is actually going on in the US economy right now. And it's not all as Donald Trump would have you think. As a matter of fact, those low unemployment numbers often are as a result of people just giving up completely on getting work. They also don't naturally reveal those people who are the working poor. Um, in Australia itself, we are finding that we're getting very, very low uh, registrations uh, for unemployed people. And, and this is normally a, a source of great news. But the reality is, is that when you talk to a lot of people out there right now, even those that are working in well-paying jobs are finding it very, very difficult and struggle week to week. So I decided to delve a little bit deeper and find out for myself what exactly is going on out there in the economy right now. So the average savings for an Australian family uh, every month is $427. I mean, that's the startling statistics. It's a smidge over $100 a week is what's being saved. And what's even more remarkable is when you take into account that the average income in Australia is just a shade under $82,000. So out of $82,000, Australians are struggling to save a surplus of $5,000 or so dollars a year. I mean, that's truly remarkable. So what's happening with the other $77,500? Well, that's going on taxes, uh, that's going on school tuition fees, that's going on food, it's going on mortgage or rent, it's going on cost of living. And so the cost of living keeps creeping up almost perfectly in alignment with wage growth. Uh, there is no uh, mystery as to why that occurs. And it's something that's been linked intrinsically for the last 25 or 30 years. Now, this is part of, uh, and I guess this is one of the symptoms of an economy that is not necessarily working perfectly. Um, and, you know, if you listen to the likes of Peter Schiff, who's been very vocal over recent months, much the same way he was between 2004 and 2007, when he was boldly predicting the 2008 global financial crisis, he is out there again, warning everybody that the same is on the horizon. But not only that, but there will be multiples. This is going to happen on scale, that the problems that have uh, that affected the real estate market, that affected the lending market, that affected the stock market 10 years ago weren't remedied. And in fact, the, the regulations put in place m at that time made things even worse. So he's suggesting that we are not, we did not recover systemically. We did not make the changes necessary 
necessary 10 years ago in order to put our economy in good stead. And he cites interest rates still being near, at near record lows as an example as to why, and, and a symptom as to why our marketplace is sicker than what we actually think. And he believes that many of the symptoms of a bad economy are being masked. He cites that the United States economy was once the biggest creditor nation in the world and only 30 or 40 years ago and is now the biggest debtor nation in the world. In other words, it owes more money than it's ever owed uh, ever before in its history. And not only that, owes more money than the rest of the world combined. There's a nearly $30 trillion US deficit. I mean, $30 trillion. We're not talking billions now. We're into the trillions. I mean, this is quite remarkable. He's citing that interest rates never recovered, never recovered. So um, those would remember back in 2007, 2008, interest rates rising to 8%. And, uh, and this is normally an indication as to, as to an economy that's on fire. And interest rates need to be jacked up in order to put a cap on activity. But in actual fact, you know, we're still languishing at record low interest rates. Money has never been cheaper. But it's also uh, becoming increasingly easy to come across. And so the, the restrictions that were put on poor lending practices 10 or so years ago seem to have been relaxed somewhat, encouraging people to get in there and borrow whilst interest rates are so low which is once again creating a subprime crisis, but all in a different guise. So all of this, how does it bode well and how does it tie into our local marketplace? Well, uh, many of you would have noted that uh, it is 12 months in October since Holden's closure. And in that year of 2016-17, we saw... uh, Coca-Cola announced that they'd be leaving South Australia. Coroma uh, were packing up shop. And we, we saw Rinai saying goodbye to Australia and other manufacturers that have been a staple of uh, Australian consumption for generations leave our shores and start building stuff elsewhere. And But Holden's was the real icing on the cake and I guess it was that moment that none of us thought would ever come when Holden cars would stop being built in Australia. And it happened right here in our backyard in Elizabeth. And so a, a company that for so long had tied together the fabric of our community had all of a sudden said goodbye and was on its way. And it was interesting to see how the community responded and how our local government and state governments uh, worked cohesively in order to implement a northern economic plan, which was largely based on construction. And in my recent video of the real news, you may have seen all of those projects underway, billions of dollars worth of projects that are changing the face of the northern suburbs. And by the way, that's all a stimulus package. For the most part, you know, this construction has been approved or funded uh, in order to fill a gap. And it's that gap that was created by Holden's and it's done the job because we now find that unemployment levels are at a very low level, but are we just camouflaging a greater problem? Are we covering over the symptoms of a very, very sick economic system? Well, my feeling is this. My feeling is, is that property values are back to where they were in 2008 and there was no reason for them to be worth that much in 2008. We're now 10 years down the track and interest rates haven't moved a great deal uh, since the great crash of 2008. And so it seems to be to me that central banks have lost one of their levers in order to regulate our economy and certainly a lever Uh, that they could pull to dig us out of a bad situation if if indeed another GFC was to hit in the 
coming months. Um, we can't lower interest rates. The government no longer has the billions of dollars in surplus monies to be able to spend to restore our economy or to inject confidence back into our communities. And so where does the government go if there's another GFC tomorrow? Uh, also, their ability to be able to borrow is somewhat hampered because who do they borrow from? And if there's not that much money around and if the IMF has been, IMF has been throwing money at third world countries just to get them by and has been throwing money at Greece and Italy and, and, and the like in order, and Spain in order just to keep them afloat, then what money is there left from the IMF to give to Australia if we find ourselves in similar situations? And reality is there isn't any because the IMF um, is dealing with printed fiat currency that has been severely devalued over the last 10 or so years and historically over the last 100 years or so, especially since uh, money, uh, the US dollar came off the gold standard in 1971. We've found a skewing in the US dollar that has led to now it being worth 11 cents compared to a US dollar in 1910. So if we rewind to a US dollar being worth a dollar, uh, being backed by gold in 1910, and to now it's now worth 11 cents to the 1910 dollar. So that gives you some sense as to the devaluation that's occurred in the reserve currency of the world, of the planet. And so you can see why countries like China are starting to move away from the greenback and you can start to see why the economies of the world are now looking more uh, or now looking less stable than they have in a generation or so. So how does this bode well uh, or not for the northern suburbs? I'm simply saying this, be prepared. Um, if you have the uh, potential and opportunity to be able to divest any savings that you may have out of a fiat country, uh, uh, sorry, out of a fiat currency like the Australian dollar and into something more substantial like gold or precious metals now might be the time there's certainly online platforms that enable you to do that if you've been thinking about selling or planning to sell in the next 12 months then pull those plans forward and sell now sell now whilst the market's good sell now whilst the buyers are in abundance sell now while prices have never been better because in another six to 12 months time i just can't guarantee the market will be so robust as now and just on a final note we see the market move and it takes real estate agents about a month to realise that the market's moved. So anecdotally, and it takes about a month for the market to move before anybody really notices. Statistically, it takes a quarter. It takes a quarter because uh, the news agencies only re respond and only report on quarterly reports, and it takes a quarter for that information to get out. So if there's a flatlining in values or if there's a uh, the shine starts to come off the market or there's a deadening in the transactional rates of, of property sales, then that gets reported three to six months from now. And what that does is that just impacts confidence in the marketplace in that period of time. And in the meantime, the market's already gone bad. So what we do know now is that the market's as good as it's ever been. Now's the great time to sell. If you're thinking about selling in the next 12 months, pull that forward and sell now whilst there's certainty. Because I can't say that the market will be great in six months time or 12 months time. Why? We are in the second longest period of economic expansion in human history. That's right. It's been 10 years and next year will be 11 years. And at the 11 year mark, we would be in the longest period of economic expansion in human history and the economic fundamentals aren't there to justify it. Meaning that on the other side, 
is a when the bubble pops, there will be there will be, uh, and and I and I don't want to overstate this in any way, but there, it will represent a catastrophe to many individuals who have only the capacity to save five thousand dollars out of their eighty-two thousand dollars a year who are just getting by week to week, who are the majority of people that would struggle to find $500 to dig themselves out of a problem if it arose tomorrow, who are living a life where they're, they're maxing their credit cards on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis or are struggling to pay down that credit card bill as it's amassed. Those people will be the ones at risk. And so if you feel that you are potentially one of those people or if the market was to change dramatically or if you were to lose your stream of income for a three to six month period, then my suggestion to you is now is the time to consider divesting yourself of investments that aren't serving you well, that aren't creating capital growth. Because my guess is over the next 36 to 48 months, there won't be much more of that. We are in peak of market conditions and definitely my suggestion is to sell now if you're owning property. If you're looking to buy, well, the market's hot and it's competitive and it's difficult and it's hard not to buy when everybody's telling you to buy and there's lots of buyers out there competing for property, but the better buying will be had when the market turns. And so if you can be patient and homelessness is is not an option for you and you can stay with friends and family or you can uh, create an opportunity for yourself to to wait and pounce when the market's better than if you're my family members. That's exactly what I'd be suggesting to you. So buyers this weekend, happy house hunting. I know it's tough and I know the market's difficult, but good luck to you. To those people that are about thinking about selling, know that there's buyers out there that are doing it tough, that are struggling to find the home they'll love and get out and amongst it and make sure that your property's out in the market sooner rather than later. And to those that are indifferent and can and can play timing to their favour, well, the next 12 to 24 months, I think, will be your own, and I wish you all the very best luck. I'm Dave Sobbish from Real, and once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I love to be the only real estate agent in the northern suburbs bringing you a weekly podcast. You can find this on iTunes or SoundCloud, and every week I aim to bring you valuable information I hope helps you position yourself to make better decisions when it comes to real estate, saving you and making you tens of thousands of dollars. Thanks so much for tuning in again, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Dave Stockbridge's Real Estate Experience Podcast is brought to you by the Influencers and Innovators Podcast, proudly supported by Matthew Norris Visual Productions. I'm Dave Stockbridge. Thanks so much for joining us once again, and we'll look forward to speaking with you next week.